Welcome to another episode of the Frosty and Perini Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Frost. With me, as always, coach of the playoff-bound Pretoria FC, Tony Perini. What a way to finish the the season last last night, Derek, with that that thriller and uh, well, let's let's face it, the only thrilling part about that game was the game within the game in our our Emmy given Sunday league because <laughs> the game was actually a complete clunker. But um, you know, end end of the end of the game came down to J.K. Dobbins touchdown, and he just couldn't get that one more yard. And uh, now we have a playoff picture that is set in stone. I, I kind of feel like I have to keep watching the scoreboard in case there's a stat correction that comes through. Yeah, uh, we, the entire playoff picture decided by 0. .06 points. Insane. Uh, it, it's just it, this is what we were hoping for is this last little bit. You know, we remember that Kyle Rudolph touchdown. We talked about it last week. You know, last last season. You know, the, the entire playoff picture was determined by a Kyle Rudolph touchdown at the end of that game uh, that put puts Vince into the uh, the the bye week first round and his team sucked that week. And then he goes on to be champion. So these these little pieces, you know, and, and that's such a tight margin. So, yeah, we are going to be watching for that stat correction. Before we jump in to the super cold open, let's. Welcome, coach of Threat Level Midnight, who is toilet bowl bound, Steve Groover. Let's go. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to uh, to get a rematch at the Meanderhood Rumble this weekend. Inwood Melee. After you, the Melee. Yeah, that one. I'm. I'm fucking, <laughs> I haven't watched the game in weeks. <laughs> Okay, it doesn't. Does it really matter? Whoever I put in is gonna get hurt. All right, guys. Because, <laughs> because he's the blitz. Tony, Tony gave me his voodoo this year. Whatever he passed it on to me. It's just kind of now. I'm having to kind of walk in his shoes for a year. It's pretty rough. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's it's not for everybody. <laughs> also, welcome to the podcast, Coach of Blue Cat Lodge who is, as of now, going to be in a bye week next week. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie Thurber. Glad to be here, guys. Glad to be here. All right, boys, let's get into it. The Super Cold Open, presented by Modine's 3, Letterkenny's premier home for Puffers Lager. We're going to save those last two matchups for the end. Let's get into one that didn't mean a damn thing as Tyler Kerr's 0-12 Saved by LaBelle goes on to take Kalen King's 10-2 Bob's Roethlisberger's. And this game went about as expected. Kalen gets the win 148.3 to 118.6. For Kerr's squad, Ryan Tannehill taking over for TB12 gets 27 Amari Cooper in that Monday night game, Tuesday night game, gets 16.3, and Robert Woods 18.5. The rest of the team has an okay showing. 118 is not terrible, but not enough to overcome Kalen Kings. Aaron Rodgers gets 23.5. Travis Kelsey shows up again, 27.6. And the dude that I did not even know existed before this game, Justin Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings gets 
three points. And that duo of Jefferson and Kelsey, just incredible as Kalen gets that 148.3 showing. Uh, Tyler keeping the dream alive there, dropping to 0-13. I think we uh, we saw this coming. Uh, big question for, for Ty and, and for you, Derek, is can you win one of these next two games and avoid uh, back-to-back ACT tests? Uh, it, there's definitely been a bit of an uptick in Saved by LaBelle's numbers over the past couple of weeks. So uh, amazing what just setting your lineup will do uh, for, for your point totals. So he's got to hope that just one of these weeks uh, he can put together an effort to, to skate by somebody and get himself out of dodge. And he's got to do it uh, right off the bat against Kevin Hulick's jumped the shark, uh, you know, who's, who's, who's dropped from uh, being the championship last year to the toilet bowl. And uh, on the other side, Kalen was able to just kick back with a drink in his hand and uh, watch some stress-free football this past week. Uh, nothing at stake for him. And uh, he's a, he's the President's Cup trophy and uh, winner uh, in the league, uh, so to speak, if you're an NHL fan. Uh, he's got the best record in, in the league. He's got the number one seed. And uh, he's going to be he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with uh, once his team starts playing again in two weeks. Uh, he's been putting up consistent points the entire season. And I think he's really got to like where his team is. Uh, should be able to have Josh Jacobs back by the time he starts playing again as well. So um, just, just a big, big swing for him this year, coming from being in the toilet bowl last year to being number one seed this year. Next game up, we're going to go over to Tony's game in that rematch of the Clash at Kreischer as Tim Taft's Leave It to Beasley goes in to take on Tony Perenni's Pretoria FC. Tony gets the win here, 165 to Tim's 152. Tim, relying on those Buffalo Bills, well, at least the quarterback, gets a great showing from Josh Allen, who drops 30.1. Raheem Mostert, pretty much a disappointment there at 5.3. But Aaron Jones, 23.8. And Darren Waller. 45 points, but not enough to overcome Lamar Jackson putting up over 25, David Montgomery with 21, Devontae Adams 34, Calvin Ridley 15.8, and that Dolphins defense gives Tony another 16. So that's a pretty decisive win, Tony, as you are preparing. Uh, you're 8-5, you're and five, you're preparing to go into the playoffs now and uh, sitting second in that Einstein's division. Yeah, and uh, I guess we just run this back next week in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, me versus Tim again, uh, part three. And uh, I'm excited to be facing Tim again because every time I face Tim this year, I seem to put up a shit ton of points. So by my count, I've put up 347 points on Tim this year. Um, so I'm hoping that trend continues next week. I haven't really looked ahead at the matchups too much, um, but it's great to have a rivalry like this. Uh, happen in in the playoffs and you know aside from how things have gone this year uh, it, it's very evident throughout our history and throughout just just regular sports history it's, it's hard to beat a team three three times in one season so I have that going against me so um, should be a should be a real barn burner uh, Tim is going into the going into the playoffs pretty cold here three straight losses um, so he's he needs to rekindle that magic in a hurry for himself and uh, get himself out of out of dodge and to uh, move on and 
I know he's uh, excited he's not facing Mike first. So um, definitely looking to, to get a W there and move on for him. Yeah. And you were between the three and four seed. Um, so, yeah, going to be facing uh, Tim Taft's uh, Leave It to Beasley for another clash at Kreischer, but wasn't a ton on this game, just some seeding implications. Going on to another game that didn't have a whole lot of implication, Vince Gorgonzola's Mahomes Improvement taking on Kevin Hulick's Jump the Chark. Now this game, depending on what went on last week and, and really kind of fell, Kevin was going to have to outscore Vince by like 100 and some to, to really move up into the playoffs. So Vince was pretty solid in there and gets the win. So points didn't matter, but only gets the win 111 to 62.3. Not much to highlight here on either side. Patrick Mahomes only puts up 19 for Vince. Adam Thielen gives him 21.5 as the bright spot. Melvin Gordon gives him 15.2 and everybody else fairly pedestrian as Tony likes to say. On the other side, Kevin Gulick just dropping an egg here. Russell Wilson gives him 15 and that is the bright spot. Debo Samuel, 13, and that ends the double-digit scores. Uh, Derek Henry, only 5.9 against Cleveland. Uh, Benny Snell, only three with James Conner out. So a rough, rough showing out of Kevin, and as the advisor to Tyler Kerr's team, uh, we'll be facing Kevin this week in the first round of the playoffs. Seeing that 62, a little bit bittersweet, uh, nice to see that his team sucks. Wish I would have seen that score for next week rather than this past week. Yeah, for Kevin, it's live by the Steelers, die by the Steelers. And he died big time this last week uh, with the Steelers dropping their first game to Washington. And he had three of them in the lineup. Uh, Benny Snell, Chase Claypool, and the Pittsburgh defense. And they barely put up 10 points combined. Uh, through all three of those guys so putting all of his eggs in one team's basket there it's a something that that's worked a time or two during the season but really hasn't uh, been quite what he really needs it to be Uh, probably trying to get Benny Snell out of that lineup moving forward girls uh, he might find himself taking a standardized test at a party coming up soon because uh if he he has to do too many more uh, small showings from Snell like that he could be hurting. Uh, I guess the anomaly in this lineup is Derrick Henry only having 5.9 points. You know, uh, just from a pure game script uh, standpoint, it didn't support a lot of Henry usage in this last game against the Browns. They got down very quickly, uh, and his fumble in the first quarter didn't help his stat line either. So I would expect him to bounce back. You know, he's going to have to ride Russell Wilson and Derrick Henry if he's going to try and avoid that test because. Um, you look on on the other side of the paint, Derek. Your your uh, advised team with Ty, uh, they're playing some of their some of their best ball going into the playoffs here. Now the lineup is being set. Uh, and Kevin lays a 62 point egg, not good for him. And and with Vince, he already had a spot secured at that number six spot, and uh, he's he's now drawn the short straw. Everybody wanted to avoid Mike. Uh, week one and he's going to be getting them so he's going to need a vintage Patrick Mahomes showing this week if he's going to move on and defend his crown yeah and moving on here to the two games that really mattered and I would say the games within the games here and that was fighting for that number two seed 
uh, the, the top spot in the B team division that was going to get the bye week between Charlie and Mike. Um, and so, so Mike needed to win and for Charlie to lose to get to that number two seed. Charlie needed to win or for Mike to lose. Um, and so Tony, Tony dropped, you know, that, that Charlie is going to be in that in that spot uh, in the bye week. So as we look to Mike's game here, so his Bonnie, Bonnie McMurray team went up against Dave Peschens, the little Sebastians, and Mike does get the win 139 to 131. Gets strong showings out of Dalvin Cook at 23.9. Mike Jasicki, tight end out of Miami, gets him 23.8. Uh, and then just solid showings out of kind of the rest of the team. Uh, Miles Gaskin gets him 14.1. Tyreek Hill gives him 14.8. A little bit of a disappointment there. And then Allen Robinson with 13.5. But Packers defense shows up with 12. And Jason Sanders, 14. So three Miami Dolphins for Mike as he cruises into the playoffs. For, uh, for Dave on the other side, Matthew Stafford gives him 26. Chris Carson gives him 20. DeAndre Hopkins, 19.2. Stephon Diggs, 19.2. Jonathan Taylor, 22.5. So a strong showing from Dave. And, and you know, we've pegged him as kind of the favorite to take the ACT. But at this point, you know, it, th- he had the highest score of those who are going to be in the toilet bowl. So kind of a bright spot for Dave to close out the season despite the loss. Um, he, he was pretty much going to be locked in that 8-9 game anyways. So uh, Dave has to be looking pretty good going into the playoffs. Um, and Mike did his part to get to that number two seed. But uh, as we'll talk about in a minute, Charlie did his part. Uh, so Mike will be sitting there in that number three seed. Yeah, I think Dave's probably rooting for us to keep shitting on his team week after week. Because <laughs> as we started doing that, uh, he, he's really uh, turned turned the, the dial up and started scoring again. So he's got... Uh, 121 last week and then 130 this week uh, so this one in a losing effort but he's facing the hottest team in the league so I think he's got to like how his team is trending uh, going in the playoffs you got to keep an eye on that Antonio Gibson injury though because uh, his lack of depth is well documented and that was a big big piece that he got back from Mike in that trade and he's somebody who has been performing for him right off the bat as soon as he got him. So if, if Gibson is out this week, which it's looking like he probably will be, uh, he's going to have to piecemeal his running back spot uh, going up into a big matchup with Steve uh, with a lot at stake. And then on the other side of the coin, what more can we say about the way Mike Engine Thrones Bonnie McMurray is going into the playoffs. Uh, six straight wins. He's averaged 157 points over that win streak. Uh, this was actually one of his lower showings, so uh, digest that for a second. This was his human <laughs> week. <laughs> and this week coming up, he gets a healthy Christian McCaffrey back. So uh, good luck, Vince. <laughs> and I did misspeak. Uh, Dave, Dave was fighting for seven versus eight. So basically, uh, if he won, he would have been facing Ty. But with a loss, we're going to get a rematch of the Meanderwood melee. So going in to our last game, the Sacred Heart game of the week, and more importantly, the Rocky Top Rumble, Steve Groover's Threat Level Midnight versus Charlie Thurber's Blue Cat Lodge. And as you know, they're both on the podcast, so we're going to hear from both of them on this game. Charlie wins it. 109.42 to 109.36 
And for those of you who struggle with math, looking at you, Steve, that's 0.06 point difference. So we are watching for any scoring adjustments to come through. But as it stands now, Charlie gets the win and the guaranteed spot in the bye week. Groover on the losing effort. Justin Herbert, who has been a bright spot for his team. The Chargers lose 45-0 against the Patriots. He only scores 4.3. James Robinson, 22.8. Deontay Johnson, 21. Hunter Henry, again on that Chargers team, a disappointment there, 1.5. And Miles Sanders for the Eagles, only 3.1. So not enough there by just a small margin with Charlie Thurber's Kyler Murray gets 16.4. Michael Thomas, 19.5. Cam Akers, 16.4. Henry Ruggs, 15.4. And my guy, Young Hoku, gets him 12. And that's enough. So I'll start with Tony uh, to break down the game and then want to hear from the from the guys who were there. What a blitz-worthy showing from Steve just to, <laughs> to tease this this week and get so close and then just come up a yard short. Like, literally all he needed was another yard from J.K. Dobbins, and he wins, and it completely shuffles the playoff picture for everybody. But instead, uh, falls in the Rocky Top Rumble, I believe for the yes, second time this season. So Charlie sweeps the season series, so there's a lot of bragging rights at stake there. And, uh, you know, Steve's, Steve mentioned offline that he hadn't really paid a lot of attention uh, to his team in this league in about a month. And uh, I would say looking at the records, that shows um, five straight losses going into the toilet bowl playoffs, going in about as cold as he possibly can. And by my math, I'm, I'm making some estimates here. I don't think he has hit his projection in six weeks so uh steve you literally couldn't be going in there any colder right now uh, than you are all right tony let's start off here you know correlation and causation are two very different things <laughs> I'm, i wouldn't say i'm losing because i haven't been paying attention to the game i'd say that it might be the other way around but I will apologize to the Bonnie McMurrays because if I had anything to truly play for this weekend, I knew the like uh, the Chargers were going to just get absolutely demolished. You know, Bill Belichick has a knack for just wreaking havoc on rookie quarterbacks. So if I you know, if I had another quarterback on my roster, he would have been in there. But I wasn't going to go pick up a second quarterback to lose, you know, any of the other guys on my roster. So I'll apologize to the Bonnie McMurray on that one because uh, this could have been another game if I had anything to play for. He says that as he carries two kickers. <laughs> hey, that's very strategic, all right? Because Ryan Suckup was on a bye last week, had to go grab Harrison Bucker. But Ryan Suckup has a great matchup this week, so I was hanging on to him. All right? There's strategy all around here, Derek. Yeah. Steve, when is Harrison Butker not a good matchup? He's the Chiefs kicker. Yeah, but you know, they played the Dolphins next week, and they're going to score. But you know, the reason he scored so many points is because you know, they, this was a rare game where they didn't score touchdowns, which naturally means next week they're going to score a shit ton of touchdowns. 
and he's going to go back to his six or seven you know, extra points. He actually, he's not a great point scorer because they score too many touchdowns. You know, you need that team that can get you just close enough. And that's been Tampa Bay recently. So that's why we're sticking with Ryan Suck up here. Fair, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear from the winner, uh, the guy who actually matters here. Charlie, you escape this game, get that first round bye, and we saw last year how much that bye week can play into it so what was your thought watching these games come to an end and uh, I'm sure you were doing some quick math as as the week was finishing up first off uh, Groove is .06 just close enough just close enough to what you said that you needed that kicker who can get you just close enough oh no that's for next week okay that's for yeah that's for when I actually have something to play for again <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, no, I was definitely, uh, it was a nail, ba- nail biter. I was, uh, Dobbins had me quite worried. Um, he literally could have broken one big run that whole game last night and would have been an end to me. Um, when you look at the standings, my team's probably been like the luckiest fantasy team in history with how many points I've scored and what my record is, but I will gladly take it. Um, you know, dealt with a lot of injuries, just getting Michael Thomas back healthy. Um, now Will Fuller's gone. Was really excited about what he's brought to my roster. But man, Kyler and Koo, I mean, those guys have been <laughs> carrying me through into these close, <laughs> low-scoring victories all the way through the year. And hey, 10-3, and three, I, can't, I can't ditch it. And uh, I'm excited. Week for my guys to get healthy. Um, doing some look at the ma- looking at the matchups. The matchups shape up a whole lot better for me two weeks from now than than this coming week. So uh, if I am facing Mike, and I don't want to overlook my opponent, but chances are I'm facing Mike. I'm going to need some good matchups for my guys. Yeah, Charlie, yeah. I don't I don't want to discredit you either because uh, look, looking through the last couple of weeks, you know, we mentioned the hot streak that uh, that Bonnie McMurray, that Mike's team is on, but your team has won five straight games as well. Uh, a little different fashion that you're, that you're winning them in, but... Uh, you know, your your team is the second hottest team in the league. For sure. Uh, it's been less by uh, Braun and more about strategy for me. I've, I've really been able to capitalize on some big matchups. Um, figured Henry Ruggs would get in the box this week. I mean, I don't think he's broken five points in a while. So I've been fortunate on some calls like that. And uh, I like my guys. They're young. Got a lot of rookies. But uh, I'll be riding Cam Akers, Surgeons, and... Uh, DeAndre Swift, hopefully, healthily uh, in these playoffs and, and uh, hoping for big things there. The fascinating thing to me about your team, Charlie, and, and we talked about it on the podcast a little bit. So you finished the season looking at points for and points against with a negative 11 point differential. So you faced <laughs> 11 more points than you've put up. Um, and you're, I haven't done the actual math on it, but your average margin of victory has is, is got to be somewhere in like four points. Um, so all of these matchups and like that, those are the stats that you expect to see for like a team who's like about 500, right? But yeah. you're not even like, you didn't even sneak into the playoffs. Like you have a first round by you're 10 and three. I mean, it, 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 like Tony said, you're on a five game win streak. I mean, that that's just unprecedented. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I can't really wrap my head around it, to be honest with you. Like I said, I've been outscored by at least the two teams under me pretty substantially, but uh, I have been pretty efficient um, just from a 
starting the right guys, playing the right matchups. I like to handcuff my running backs. Um, it's not the sexiest bench in the league, but um, my team was built to stay relatively healthy, um, especially from the running back perspective. And uh, Kyler Murray is basically like a third running back. I mean, he's uh, two players in one so far this year, and uh, that's been really helpful too. But um, I, I can attribute some of that to strategy and a whole lot of it to luck. So appreciate the compliments, but I can only take so much credit for it. <laughs> well, we're excited to, uh, to have, you know, this chance of this kind of Cinderella story, if you will, to continue. Um, Cause it's going to be a fantastic one to watch. And like we said, we are excited to watch Groover go into the toilet bowl playoffs. Everybody <laughs> outside of, Tennessee is hoping for Groover to be in that ACT championship game. That'll do it for our super cold open presented by Modine's three letter. Kenny's premier home for puppers logger. All right. The last time we had you two guys on, we were talking uh, some baseball and uh, it went down. I don't know if you heard the, the episode around Thanksgiving, but that went down as one of our top 10 episodes, even though it was a fairly newer one. Uh, so a lot of folks listened to that episode. They enjoyed you guys. So we figured we'd have you back on. Uh, and this time talking about something a little different, uh, but still, you know, kind of similar because baseball has been faced with uh, some scandals related to our next topic. Uh, but no, uh, no mobsters involved this time around. And that is sports betting. Um, and so uh, we should say here, for anybody listening, be sure to follow your local state laws uh, if sports betting is legal or not legal in your area. Uh, we are not condoning illegal sports gambling. Uh, with that being said, I'm interested in how each of you guys, because you know Tony, Charlie, Steve, you're all all involved uh, with with some sports gambling here and know a lot more than I do. Uh, so I'm kind of curious how how you guys got got started with it. Yeah, I'll kick off the, the preamble here, uh, Derek, before we give the floor to Steve and Charlie. Um, this is something, uh, you know, really, I, I feel like it, it's it's funny because I've known every, most people in this league since middle school. Uh, Tim even goes back even further since uh, elementary school. And hands down, the person in the league I talk to the most is Charlie. And I don't know if there's a single day that goes by where we aren't texting each other about uh, just any of a lot of it football related. It started out as football, but um, we kind of got into a lot of fantasy talk, a lot of DFS talk, and eventually got to the point where um, we're we're looking into a lot of sports gambling. And um, I I just want to add to that because, I mean, you made the note uh, to make sure that, you know, you're doing this legally. And uh, for Steve in the state of Tennessee, it's it's perfectly legal there. Uh, the state has uh, has granted it legality. So uh, really any of the DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, BetMGM, they're all available down there. And you can easily a- access that uh, through apps. If you are not in one of those states, as neither myself or Charlie is, then you have offshore sites available to you. Now, these are these are not illegal um, it, it comes down to the way you fund them and they really don't give you an option of funding it illegally. So, um, the downside to the offshore sites is that they do not have all the bells and whistles, uh, that the in-state in, uh, 
that the domestic sites do. Um, we'll, let, we'll let Steve talk about some of the perks and everything that uh, sites such as DraftKings are given, but it's a lot more stripped down version when you're looking at the offshores and sometimes you're missing games and things like that. Um, but this is something I started doing at the beginning of last year. Um, really started looking at college hoops. I was not a big college basketball fan uh, before I started doing this until I realized, you know, just how much fun it is to have something to to watch and root for every single night. And then eventually you start nerding out on it and start looking for little competitive advantages you have. Uh, and, and Steve has taken that nerd level on the sports betting side uh, to a whole nother level. Steve, uh, uh, go, go into some of the, some of the strategies you've been able to adopt there in the state of Tennessee. Yeah. So basically I don't know. I don't like to lose money. You know, I'm very, I'm fairly frugal, but when Tennessee, it was just over a month ago, Tennessee decided to make sports gambling legal and they made it. It's only a couple sites. You have DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, but all of them were jockeying for people to start playing on their sites. So, and they're all big enough companies that they can shed a few bucks to get people on and kind of betting and getting excited. So I've just really been taking a advantage of that you know every week and almost every day each of those sites has some kind of odds boost or some kind of promotion that i really just tried to take advantage of and kind of get on the the good odds that they have and a lot of times i've done what i guess i don't know if tony or charlie coined it but we've called it the groover guarantee where you know you kind of play both sides of the coin when you get one of those odds boosts and then I can basically set it up to where if one side wins, I break even. And if the other side wins, I'm winning $10, $15. And so it's a, you know, it's a risk-free gamble. And I've taken advantage of that multiple times now. And uh, yeah, I've probably gone up a couple hundred dollars just by playing things like that that are completely risk-free for me. Charlie, what's been, uh, what's been your journey into, into this, this world of sports gambling? So for me, I've I've always loved just drafting a team. Like when I was a kid, just riding in the car with my parents, I would make them literally do like a imaginary fantasy draft of, you know, all the receivers in the NFL. So I've always been a total nerd about like just building a team, you know, thought I wanted to be like a general manager. And so uh, a few years back when uh, like DraftKings and FanDuel came out with this app where you could literally draft a new team every weekend, like I was just, I had no chance. So there was just, there was no chance that I couldn't like just do that in, in my mindless time. And it started out as like a mindless hobby um, and you can actually play for free. So I used to play for free all the time and just work on it. Um, but I, I learned a strategy just, I travel a lot for work now in medical device sales and, um, you know, I listen to a lot of things, listen to books and stuff, but sometimes I'll listen to XM radio and there's a fan, great fantasy sports station, um, where they have a lot of experts, um, breaking down different strategies. And one of them clicked with me because, um, just like Steve, I'm pretty risk averse. Uh, I won't go into something where I, am going to lose money. <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty, I don't want to do that, but the strategy is really, um, to j basically double your money every week, double your investment every week. Um, where if you can draft a lineup that finishes in the top half of your competition, um, you'll double your, your buy-in. 
And so that's been really fun. It's just kind of a very low stakes way to, um, as Tony mentioned, just be able to watch the games and, and really enjoy them and kind of marry uh, the strategy and the team building and uh, the analysis that I really enjoy, um, you know, with with to all the things that we have access to. And um, going way back in the conversation, I mean, we have this three way text between me, Tony and Steve and this thing is lighting up 24 seven. It's, it's, it's out of control. The information we have flying back and forth. I mean, Groover sending Excel sheets of like, you know, data points and like Tony's breaking down uh, schematic systems from, you know, offensive coordinators over the past decade. And uh, we, we really do have fun kind of nerding out and um, all these different things, whether it's prop betting or, um, you know, betting different sports lines like groove or doing uh daily fantasy sports there's there's overlap um so it's really enjoyable and it's a fun way to compete so it's turned into like our, our own little sports betting think tank <laughs> it's like, the, like like charlie said the amount of information going back and forth and like the, the cool part is that we're like we're all getting better at it like we're learning from each other and right like what like there's different tactics that each of us might use uh Charlie didn't even mention it, but Charlie's our props guy. So uh, you go into football games, uh, you you can bet really in any sport. You can bet props as far as uh, you know how how many yards somebody might get, how many catches. Uh, they assign certain odds to those, and uh, Charlie has a great feel for that because he's so adept at putting together those DFS lineups. For sure. It's, that's probably my favorite thing to do is just identifying, um, value in the, in the daily fantasy sports market. And, and that value comes from just usage patterns of the player. You know, how much are they being targeted? Uh, what's the schematic of that offense? And then what's their matchup like that week? Um, and when you can identify those things, those, when they all kind of come together, those are definitely players that you a want in your lineup and B probably want to take a prop, prop bet on on like hey this guy's gonna have more than five catches this week or always something super conservative like you never want to go too crazy and say hey this guy's gonna have four touchdowns uh because you're always gonna lose your money but if you always take kind of the lowest available prop it's it's a good way to to take a small win and see next week again so so i i'm not sure how how much our our listeners know about like okay so if, if somebody wanted to go in and and you know they were on a trip to vegas or atlantic city or or they go to a state that that you can play on one of these or, or you do the offshores you know as you guys approach a game um and, and let's just say you know an nfl game you're gonna bet on like the the browns ravens this week you know what what are the different things you're looking for to say if it's a good bet or like which side you're going to take, you know, what's that thought process going in? What, what numbers are you looking at? Let me start off here. Cause yeah, let me just say, yeah, you've got Charlie, you know, breaking down player, you know, uh, you know, who they're going up against. Like he knows every DB in the league, what wide receiver is going up against who. You've got Tony who knows every scheme that every team plays. This is what I, all I look at is, is this team good or not? How did they do last week? My biggest thing is, yeah, I'm, I'm, there, I'm not providing a whole lot to this conversation in terms of like detailed analysis. My big thing is playing the fade. I love to play like, you know, if, 
Las Vegas. I was all on Las Vegas this week because they got absolutely stomped last week. And chances are they're going to get, you know, their number is going to be a little bit lower than it probably should be because of that recency bias. I'm all about that recency bias and trying to play off of it. And so far it's worked out pretty darn well. That's a good point, Steve, because there there's a, a a lot of different ways that people attack betting and attack their own uh, individual handicapping. You know that that is fading the teams that did well last week or or did poorly last week is definitely a big one that a lot of people use. There's there's people out there that lean heavily on home underdogs. That's that's a huge play. Um, uh, a lot of people are, are math nerds and can put together their own different handicapping numbers. So they're comparing the numbers that, that Vegas is putting out versus the numbers in their own algorithms and their own systems. Uh, we don't have anybody in our group doing that. <laughs> uh, just because uh, probably mostly from because of time. I, I think we have the smarts to do it. It's just, you know, we have, have actual jobs and this isn't what we do for a living. So um but a lot of people will bump up that type of stuff against their own numbers. And something that I like to do, I like to play a little, a little guessing game going when I'm going into it, particularly in football, because there's not the volume of games. So if I look at the NFL games, I'll look at the game that's coming up this week and I'll try to guess what I think the number is going to be um, and then see where that number lands and see what the, what the variance is to my number. So if it comes out right about uh, where I had it, then I probably won't play it because I'm in my head that game's probably aligned pretty well. But if it comes out uh, pretty far off from where I was, then I might see an opportunity for value on either either side of there. So um, that's just something I do. Uh, Charlie, is there any any certain way that you attack uh, looking at, at your bets on a, on a weekly basis, or particularly the prop ones? Yeah, definitely. Um, so for me. Um, I I do nerd out a little bit in my free time just on different matchups. Like I my props are are reliant on my my personal opinion on a player, but also my opinion on the the corner that they're going to see the most of. So to do that, I need to know, you know, are they going to line up against the slot corner? Who's the slot corner? And I basically get a feel for those guys in the first month of the season. And after that, I'd really just hammer the same guys all year long. So like Holton Hill for the Vikings, I, anyone, any receiver playing him, like I literally don't care if it's, uh, I don't know the, the fifth string practice squad guy. Like I will take a prop on him, maybe throw him in my daily fantasy sports lineup, whatever the case may be. Uh, Trey Herndon, for the Jaguars, Vernon Hargraves for the Texans. So for me, it, it kind of comes down to like um, just an overall matchup mismatch. It, it, those guys, um, I mean, it's really hard to stick with the best athletes in the world um, in a coverage situation. And, you know, if there's a positive matchup there, chances are the quarterback's going to target the, cra- the heck out of that player. So that's what I like for props. I take a lot of kind of layup stuff and I think that's what's overrated in in this I'm I'm by no means an expert but um a, a lot of people are drawn to DFS or betting by taking like the crazy odds or playing like the game where you could win a million dollars but like the chances of something all that coming together and you winning are, are so infinitesimally small like if you can take a small win 
or multiple small wins every week, like you'll, you'll have fun. You'll be in a good place. You'll do it in a safe environment. Um, you don't want to get too carried away. Um, I do want to touch real quick on the daily fantasy, um, sports. So like you can download an app like FanDuel or DraftKings. Um, and, uh, basically you deposit and there's a million different types of games you can play. You can play against somebody head to head. You can play in a massive tournament with, a couple hundred thousand people where the, you know, top 10 people get over a million dollars. Um, or you can do, uh, the 50, 50 games I mentioned where if you finish in the top half, you double your money. There's literally a million different ways to get into this. Um, and it's, it's all really enjoyable. And I really didn't get into the actual prop side, um, until Tony and Steve kind of told me about what they were doing on the sports betting. And really it's just kind of an application of the same, process I use with DFS into the sports props. And to answer your question, Tony, um, when I start looking at stuff, usually Wednesday or Thursday, I'll make what's called like a, a core lineup. Like who are the two to five players? Like I need to have in my lineup, um, due to matchup due to, you know, their ability or target share or whatever the case may be. Um, the other thing would be like low ownership, like a player that, like Groover said, the, the, the Raiders, everyone's down on the Raiders. Um, that recency bias is huge. It usually affects ownership and also odds in a positive way, if you can capitalize on that. And then, um, before I look at any numbers, I'll come up with that lineup and then I'll look at my numbers and see if they can verify that. And those will usually be the players that I use in my lineup and also that I take prop bets on. So if I like the I like the point. Go ahead, Ty. I really like the point you made on on Charlie as far as um doing doing the the small bets and just kind of you know being taking bets that you're comfortable with and I, th- I think they're just kind of like we're we're all risk averse like just because we do this doesn't mean that we're not risk averse you guys both mentioned that you are I definitely am I'm I'm not in I'm not doing any of this stuff to lose money I, I don't want to do that. Um, so there's there's safe ways to do it, and it, it's good to think of it in the way that professional betters do. Um, you tend to think that they're out there throwing a ton of money around it, and really at, at this stage of the game for them, they probably are, but they didn't start that way for them. So they're on average playing like one and a half two percent of their balance on a given day. That's about it. So it's it's a nice safe amount because at the end of the day, they know there's going to be wins and there's going to be losses. So a, a pro sports better is typically going to have a record of about 55 to 60% win percentage. Like that's it. So if, if you're out there thinking you need to be able to hit like 75, 80% uh, to be a good, a good sports better, uh, you're completely unrealistic. You'll never do it. Um, even, even people that do tend to hit, the high notes of, of like 65%, they typically come crashing back down to earth the next year with uh, a barely profitable year because at the end of the day, you're, uh, the really good ones are going to be around 55 to 60%. And at that point, you're making profit. And uh, as we were talking about prior to when we got on the show, it kind of has that compounding effect. You kind of have to rewire your thinking to it, think of it as more of an investment for yourself. So uh, if you think of it investments, you know, it's it's just you're you're throwing money into an account. It's earning interest, and it's it's compounding that interest. And uh, if you do the the betting the right way, if you get a system that works for you and that you think can consistently get you to that 55, 60 percent, 
then eventually the one and a half, two percent that you're playing, the, that amount that you're playing is going to be higher and you're going to be able to uh, make even more. So um, it's, a, it's a cool little thing. Like if, if, even if you're not a, a super huge sports nerd and you're just a, you're an investing fan, it's, it can be another application if you have some fun money to throw into and see if you can grow it a little bit. So I think there's, there's, there's a ton of different ways to look at it, but I think a lot of people tend to get a little scared um, by, by thinking of, of gambling and thinking that it's it's automatically losing money. And if you do it right, uh, you can actually make money. You can have a lot of fun doing it. All right, so let's let's go through for for the the absolute beginner, which I would I would call myself. Okay, so like I, the thing that would interest me if if I was going to place my first bet would be to bet bet a game because like I, I'm not going to be able to dig in like Charlie does or like really any of you guys are. But like I you know I, I'm taking a trip. I wanna I wanna put some money down to say I bet on a game. So I'm looking at these numbers. So I pulled up the Caesars Sportsbook, and uh, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. So I wanna I wanna put some money on the Browns Ravens game. But I'm looking at all these numbers. I don't know what any of them mean. Uh, so I look at the spread, and I think I got a good grasp on this one. Uh, so Baltimore Ravens minus one, Cleveland Browns plus one. Um, so Tony, what what does that mean? What should I, what do I need to take away from that? So that's telling you that uh, with the given situation, Cleveland at home, they're suggesting that the Ravens are are one point better. So um, the way those odds are typically made is based off neutral fields. So um, typically on a, on a given year, you're usually getting about three points for home field or what the, the cappers typically give. I think that's a little bit lower this year because of the COVID year, because uh, home field advantage doesn't seem to really mean what it normally does. So let's say it's two points. So that's saying on a neutral field, the Ravens are three points better than the Browns. So if that game was in Baltimore, you would expect that line to be a five-point spread. So being being in Cleveland, they're giving the home field edge, obviously, to the Browns. They're saying uh, going on the road, the Ravens are still a one-point favorite. Okay, so if this game ends 21-20, to 20, who wins the bet? So if it ends 21 to 20 Ravens, uh, you would push on your bet and you would just get your initial bet back. So um, let's just just uh, just to keep it simple. Let's just say it's 10 bucks that you're putting down on the Ravens. Um, and we're just just to keep things simple. We'll just say the odds are minus 110. Like there's a couple different. Uh, versions of odds that they can throw in a number that can change what your winnings would be. Uh, but the most common one is usually minus 110. So that means for $10 you're throwing on there, um, you're going to end up winning nine bucks if you hit. So um, what the what the minuses mean on odds, so if it's minus 110, that means you're playing $110 to win 100 bucks. It's all based off hundreds. And then if, it, if it's a plus number, that means you play 100 bucks to win whatever that plus number is. So in this instance, you're putting $10 on the Ravens uh, minus one. So if let's say they win the game 23-20, you're going to get that $10 back. And it, because it was minus 110, you're going to get $9 in winnings. So you're going to end up with $19 in your, in your balance. Uh, if you lose the game, if it goes the other way around, it's 23-20 uh, Browns. Um, then obviously uh, you lose that $10 altogether. Okay. 
So, um, and I think I think with a spread of of one, it becomes a little bit more difficult. So let's say let's say this spread just for for discussion's sake, it was a ten point spread. Okay, which I know that like to see a ten point spread in the NFL is, is pretty much unheard of, but uh, it's a ten point spread uh, for the Ravens. So Ravens minus ten. When we when they talk about covering the spread, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that the Ravens would need to win by 10 or more for them to cover. So if I put, you know, money on the Ravens minus 10, I'm looking for them to get 10, 10 points more than the Browns or more versus if if they win, if the Ravens win by nine, I lose my bet. Is that is that accurate? Let's call it ten and a half. That way, we make it a little simpler, so there's no okay. pushing. Because that's where you know, you're running into that pushing situation again. But okay. if you make okay. it ten and a half, and typically bet books like to make that half point so that they don't push, it'll make it that way. You know, if it's ten and a half, then if the Ravens win by eleven, then you win. If they win by ten, then you lose. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so so and that that's where I, I that, that's where kind of some of the interest comes is that you you you're betting it on that on that spread too. So a spread of of one point, you know, is really going to be to be interesting. Now let's say this game ends in a tie, so it goes into overtime and it, it ends deadlocked. The Browns are plus one. Does that mean the Browns win that? Like the the whoever bet on the Browns would win that bet. Unless there's a stipulation that it's ending in regulation, typically those bets run through overtime as well. So it won't lock, it won't, it won't cash out until the game officially ends. So no. But yeah, the Browns would win in that instance. So if it, if it ended, the overtime if ended. It ended time, yes. So. If, yeah, if overtime ended, yes, you're right. They would cover on, on that one. Now, if you played a money line bet. Uh, well, that's the, the money, next one. Yeah. So I figured you were probably leading to that next one. So yeah. um, money line is you're picking who you think is going to win the game straight up. And they assign different odds to that uh, based off how heavy a favorite they are. So let's say in that instance, we'll say the Ravens are 10 point favorites. So their money line is likely going to be something like, say, minus 500. So. So you're going to have to. What that means is you're going to have to play $500 to win 100 bucks, with based on those odds. And then on the opposite side, the Browns money line could be something like plus 400, say, which means if you pay, you play $100, you would win 400. Or if in this instance you're playing 10 bucks, you win 40 bucks if they would end up winning the game outright. But in the in the the instance that you mentioned with the tie, if it goes to overtime and they end up tying. That ends up being a push, and you're getting your money back. Okay. So, so the actual money line here, as I'm looking right now, is ba- so the money line: Baltimore Ravens negative 120. So you're saying I would have to put down 120 dollars to win 100 um, if the Ravens were to win that game. Is that, is yes, that correct? Yes, that's okay. correct. Now the Browns are plus 100. So now I'm a little bit confused uh, because it made sense when it was the bigger numbers. When, it, when it's 100. Uh, what what bet? How much am I going to win if the Browns win? Well, if it's plus one hundred, that means you play a hundred, you win a hundred. So it, it's kind of okay. kind of hard on this one because the the spread is so narrow that the money line is also super narrow. Like a lot of times when it's a one point spread, they won't even give you a money line because okay. of how 
narrow it is. But if, if that was higher, if it was, say, a three-point spread, you might see them sitting at plus 140. So you play 100 bucks to win 140. Now, the next one here is total points over under. Um, so they're setting it at 46.5. So the over uh, over 46.5 or under 46.5. So this is where, you know, Steve talking about the spread being 10 and a half. You know, so we see that half point come in here. And then it's for both sides, it's negative 110. So, again, I would have to bet 110 to win 100. Uh, and then I'm, I'm so if I get. If the total score for both teams equals 47, the over hits. If it's 46 or lower, the under hits. Is that all all accurate there? It's at 46 and a half right now? Correct, correct. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, if it was sitting at a smooth 47, then obviously that would give you a push position as well if it lands on 47. So let me ask you guys, because you 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 all do this and you've all been fairly successful at it. Um, you you approach a game like this. So the Ravens, the Browns, um, I call you guys. I, I, I say, hey, I want to I want to put money on this game. Um, I don't have a strong push to like who who I want to put money on, but I want to win something here. Is this one that you guys would say, hey, bet one way or another? Or would you say, hey, there's only a one point spread. This is probably one you don't want to you don't want to be a part of. Personally, I'm not touching it that I if I like a team, it's pretty tough for me to bet in on it because I know my bias is coming in and I want the Browns to win really badly. But at the same time, it's Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And I'm just, you know, it's a, it's a combination I'm not going to play. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and watch the game and enjoy it and not try to put money on one side or the other. I look at um, the obvious game pace and the Ravens and, and Browns both you know, are about controlling the clock. Uh, I know the Ravens have a lot of, you know, exciting, explosive highlights, but it's just going to be kind of a slower game script, in my opinion, kind of one of those AFC North traditional, you know, bruising games. And I don't really feel too confident in uh, putting any money on much there. Um, one quick point. Um, I, I like to take live lines and, and we, have a lot of dynamic going on during the games with this where you know if a team is to get out to a lead um and you like the other team um that that line will change um so that plus one could change to a plus 7.5 or um even a plus 10 or a plus nine and a half and for me those are the opportunities to jump on a game that i previously wasn't interested in um so that's that's what i would say and and um my interest will lie in more of the fast-paced matchups, um, seeing if I can find any blatant over or under opportunities for total points scored. Yes, yeah, so the difficulty about this Browns-Ravens game is that usually when you're when you're trying to decide whether you want to play a certain game or play it a certain way, you want it to be as predictable as possible. You want to know as many variables as you can, and um, Going into this game, I feel like there's just a lot of uncertainty. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty with uh, the Ravens makeup coming coming out of this last game where they didn't really play that well. They just got people back from COVID. Um, obviously, they look like they're getting back to healthy, but they have, they pretty clearly aren't hitting on all cylinders the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. Um, there's uncertainty on the Brown side. Um, you know, they've 
They've, they've looked good the last couple weeks, but they're facing teams that are right in Baker May, Mayfield's wheelhouse where if he doesn't have any pressure in his face, uh, he can carve you up. Uh, that is not going to be the case this week going up against the Ravens. They are going to get in his face, and he's going to have people um, hitting him or probably early and often. So you really just don't know how either team is going to react. And then you also have, um, based off of this season and off of, uh, experiences you've had from this year, a game in Cleveland, you also have that added uncertainty of what's the weather going to do come Sunday. Uh, that could wreak havoc on the game, uh, not only from a spread standpoint, but from an over-under standpoint. So there's a lot of people that, you know, you, you see a, a late December game in Cleveland, they might try to just hit that under right away while they see the number come out and then just hedge uh, in case the, the weather uh, picks up, the wind picks up, there's there's rain or snow or anything coming, and that number's going to start dropping and they have value. But uh, I think I'm with these guys on this game, whereas I'm probably not betting anything because there's just too many question marks out there. Hey, half, well, this is a Monday night game, so uh, there'll be a half inch of snow on the ground in Cleveland, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a chilly one. So uh, maybe maybe I'll I'll pound the under, uh, but it sounds like sounds like I might just want to steer clear of it. That's a bummer, guys. So, so, so guys, I, so guys, I, I prepared you a little a little bit beforehand and, and told you, um, you know, come come up with something for this because we just talked about a game that we're probably all going to stay clear of because there's just not a lot of insert, a lot of uh, different variables there that we we just can't account for. Uh, but do you do you guys each have a lock of the weekend coming up? With and it could be anything. It could be um, could be NFL. It could be college football. It could be college basketball. It could be DFS. Anything. What is the the one bet you feel best about going into this weekend? I'll start us off here, and I I've already played this one. I jumped on it before I, the line could start changing on us. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs at minus seven going up against the Dolphins. The Dolphins just put up a big showing this weekend. You know, they got a big win. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs ended up kicking about six field goals. You know, so they struggled to get in the end zone for, you know, the first time in four weeks or so. So I'm taking a heavy minus seven for Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to put up, you know, four or five touchdowns this week and just demolish the Dolphins. You know, that Dolphins team, if they get down, you know, if they get down a touchdown or two early, that that team is not built to come back from a deficit or even just playing a high-scoring game. Their team's playing defense, 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 getting turnovers and I think Patrick Mahomes just ends up dicing them up and just kind of making them look silly. So I'm taking the Kansas city chiefs at minus seven. It's a great call groove. Um, I will be taking the over for Julio Jones receiving yards. And I will also be taking the over for Wayne Gallman's rushing yards and a prop on a Wayne Gallman touchdown. Um, Julio Jones is, Went for 93 yards last week, which is, I mean, totally fine. Um, but he goes up against the Chargers secondary um, this week um, that that really is has some big names, but um, hasn't been performing at the rate that uh, at the rate that we all expected them to at the beginning of the year. Uh, Calvin Ridley's healthy. Um, I think that game will shoot out um, between Justin Herbert and Matt Ryan. I think Julio blows up, and I think he's probably 
the best value on the daily fantasy sports slate. And then um, additionally, Wayne Gallman similarly is, is way underpriced. Uh, he rushed for 135 yards against the Seahawks last week. Um, I don't think the Cardinals rush defense poses much more of a threat. Um, the Giants offensive line um, has been playing really well over the past few weeks, as has their defense. I think they're going to try to control the ball. And uh, I think he has another big game. Yeah, I love those. I like I like all those picks. Um, mine, I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with the the number of uh, big road favorites I like this week, and one of those is Green Bay. That's going to be my my lock of the week going into Detroit as a 4:25 game at a it's it's on Fox. They are seven and a half point favorites right now. I can't figure out in my head how Detroit is going to stop Green Bay at all in this game. Um, Detroit kind of got that that one game surge that a lot of teams get uh, last week. After you fire your coach, you kind of um, you, you have a you typically have a good showing for the interim coach coming in that next week. Uh, everybody's energized. There's new energy in the building, um, and then uh, nothing puts that out quite like Aaron Rodgers coming to town in a dome in perfect conditions versus your secondary who can't cover anybody. Uh, I, I can't envision any scenario where they stop them. I don't. I don't know, Charlie. Do they put punting stats up on on the props? Because uh, if there's one for the Green Bay punter not having a single punt in the game, I, I, I might be worth throwing some cash on. Well, that's that's a great point. Um, I I will say this is is shop around, especially if you have uh, multiple platforms available to you, because. A lot of times there will be slightly different lines um, on the different platforms. And a lot of times some of those stupid props, um, not saying punting is available, but um, for instance, you know, Kareem Hunt receptions might be a great prop to take versus Baltimore and their pass rush. It's not, you know, Calais Campbell's back. It's not a great day to take Nick Chubb rushing yards. I'm not saying he'll he won't go out there and do great, but um, stupid props that other people wouldn't think of, even if it's, Hey, Kareem Hunt's going to have two catches today and I'm going to take uh, 50 cents on my dollar. Um, that's not a bad prop to, to make. And then also Tony uh, Devonte Adams might score three touchdowns this week against Amani Oru, Oru uh, with Jeff Okudo out and uh, Desmond Trufant out. So that's another, uh, play of the week for you everybody as as owner of Devonte adams in this emmy given sunday league i hope you're right <laughs> <laughs> all right so hey listen all of our listeners uh you got some inside scoop there so if you if you decide to place a bet either through the legal offshore gambling sites i just learned that was legal i thought uh i thought tony and charlie were were you know uh, taking their taking their chances with the government, but no, no, it's legal. Uh, or you live in one of those states that has legal gambling, uh, you know, s- follow these guys for for their locks. Uh, I'm curious, are we doing a podcast, guys? Uh, are we are we going to have a under the Steel Valley Media brand uh, some type of of betting podcast moving forward? Uh, so, something is in the works there. That's, that's all we can say. We have we have a name picked out already. Uh, oh man! Char, Char, Charlie and I have been uh, putting this together. It actually started out as a scouting 
uh, podcast, uh, more draft oriented. Uh, but we kind of figured the way this uh, this text thread has been going over the last couple months, uh, we could basically just make a podcast as an extension of our text messages and uh, just. Uh, share our thoughts with with the world so eventually we dragged steve in and he kind of resisted at first but then he eventually realized it was going to be something fun to do <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey uh we'll we'll be talking about that moving forward and announce uh when you can listen to these guys talk some more sports betting then uh looking forward to that it's gonna be great all right boys let's get into it the conference call presented by mclaren's Pub. All right, we are going to start in the toilet bowl so we can talk about the teams that actually matter uh, more in depth later. So uh, for those who are following along on ESPN, this is where we have to start uh, getting a little bit creative because the ESPN matchups are not accurate to what our matchups are. They match up seven versus eight and nine versus ten. And that doesn't make any sense at all. So we have to uh, kind of bounce around here a little bit. But in our first matchup, we look to Kevin Hulick's Jump the Chark versus Tyler Kerr's Saved by LaBelle. Kevin is looking for big productions out of Russell Wilson, projected 21.9. Derrick Henry going up against Jacksonville, projected at 20.9. Debo Samuel, 13.9 for a total score of 116.3. On the other side, saved by LaBelle, 0-13, looking to turn it around. Tom Brady projected for an even 20. Robert Woods projected at 16. Devontae Parker, 15.3. Total projection, 113.3. Seven. So we are looking at about a 2.6 point spread. So it's going to be a close matchup. Um, as as I've I've since I've been in the advising role, I'm going to sit this one out for now. Uh, but Steve, we'll go to you first. Who do you think takes this first round of the toilet bowl matchup? It's a little tough to look at this, you know, without them side by side, but. I've got to jump on Kevin's side here. I'm jumping on Jump the Chart. Even though his namesake hasn't really been playing well, Chase Claypool's been you know, solid, but he's kind of up and down. But the difference maker for me is Derrick Henry. Where he was bottled up to, what, 60 yards this week? That just tells me that he's primed to go off for about 150 against that Jags defense. Probably puts up at least one touchdown, if not two. I think Derrick Henry's going to, you know, do enough damage to really take this one almost on his own here. Charlie, where are you at? Yeah, as much as I like Wayne Gallman, uh, Russell Wilson and Derrick Henry combo this week is is potent for for a must win matchup. I think Russ is Russ has been held down similar to Derrick Henry um, last week and and for maybe one or two weeks beforehand. He gets the Jets this weekend, and that's just going to get ugly. I think he's going to put up one of those vintage uh, 35-point performances. All right. Tony. Yeah, I uh, I hate to to just make it a clean sweep like that, but I think that's where I'm leaning and to to take Steve's idea on on fading the teams that uh, didn't do well last week. I think that's where we need to look at 
uh, with Seattle. Russell Wilson didn't have a great game last week against the Giants. I think this is a big bounce back spot for him against the Jets, who just fired their defensive coordinator this week. Not real sure what that defense is going to look like in general. And then, as as everybody's mentioned already, Derrick Henry against Jacksonville. Uh, this second game of the year against Jacksonville in December has been a recurring theme over the last couple of years where he just completely demolishes the defense. I don't think this year is going to be any different. So I think he uh, he saves Kevin Bacon here and pushes you and Ty down there into that ACT toilet bowl. Yeah, well, you guys suck. moving on i guess uh on to the other matchup where we see a rematch of the meanderwood melee dave pestians the four and nine little sebastians taking on steve groover's threat level midnight dave projected 109.1 that Antonio Gibson in- injury that Tony mentioned earlier, it, uh, Antonio Gibson's still in the lineup. I don't think it's a safe assumption to say that Dave's going to take him out. We've seen some some issues over the last couple weeks where some guys have stayed in. But let's assume he does and he puts in maybe a Naheem Himes for, one, or for 12.4. So let's boost that up to about a 120 total projection there projected 17.1 from Matt Stafford 17.2 from Chris Carson 16.5 out of DeAndre Hopkins 18.7 out of Stefan Diggs on the other side threat level midnight is going to be projected a 124.5 Justin Herbert looking for a bounce back game going up against Atlanta projected 21 James Robinson 19.6 Julio Jones 17. Uh, So, yeah, looking about 124 to 120, that's going to be a close one. But in the spirit of hoping Steve takes the ACT, I'm going Dave. I think he's going to be looking to capitalize on a great week last week. And he does not want to hashtag paint that shed. So I'm going Dave with this one. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts going into this matchup? My thought is I need somebody to set my lineup for me <laughs> because every time I make a decision this year, you know, my big my big one is Miles Sanders this week. The guys put up eight weeks total or eight points total in the last probably two weeks. You know, and this is kind of a um, Joe Mixon situation for me. You know, Joe Mixon puts up about 10 points in the first two weeks. I take him out, and he puts up 45. Uh, Deontay Johnson, every time I put him in my lineup early on, he got hurt in the first two minutes. Every time I make a decision here, you know, it kind of backfires. So, Derek, you just go ahead and do what you want to this roster. I'll check it out (laughs) Sunday at, like, 12.55, and we'll just see if we like it, all right? Because I just don't want to make the decision at this point. (laughs) Listen, my advice is (laughs) – Derek just sets everybody's lineups this week for the playoffs. <laughs> See what happens. I just set lineups. Yeah, you're, you're doing it somewhere time. else. Why don't you just do it for mine, too? <laughs> Love it. Charlie, where are you on this one? I think this is a pretty clear win for Groover. I know that's not a popular opinion here, but I don't like well, Dave's matchups. Don't say that. 
I don't like Dave's matchups very much. Uh, Stephon Diggs against Pittsburgh, that's about as tough as a matchup as he could get. Um, Jonathan Taylor is, after having a big last week, will probably score about two points this week. And DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, Kyler Murray's shoulder, I don't know. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That doesn't help me, but uh, that New York Giants defense has been pretty stingy. I, I think Justin Herbert, Julio Jones, Deontay, James Robinson have a big week and get Groover a 15, 20-point win here. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> you, just, you just guaranteed my loss right there. <laughs> no, listen. Hey, if there's one person – that I trust to uh, make, you know, pick matchups. It's Charlie. The dude has a negative differential and is sitting here in a bye week. So I trust him. I trust him completely. <laughs> Tony, where are you? Uh, yeah, Steve's the blitz. He's gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only it doesn't question, matter. Yeah. Only question is, you know, while we're on the betting theme, like, like who's the player that's gonna go down for him this? Does anybody want to wager? Oh, that's a good one. Man. Honestly, I still don't know who have, like who's going to play in my lineup. Do I throw Jamison Crowder in there? Like, Oof. I mean, Miles Duke Sanders Johnson's against New Orleans. Miles Sanders and Dudu. Like, I don't think I can keep Miles Sanders in this lineup. They don't run the ball in Philly, so I'd, no, no I'd play Geo or Duke Johnson over Miles Sanders this week. For sure. Yeah, can Dallas uh, stop anybody? No. I mean, it's, it's going to be – I'm going to change my mind 15 times until 12.50. I can only hope I'm doing something at that point where I just leave it because it's just going to be a mind fuck. Can I say that on here? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're Everything's explicit. You're good. I, I don't – I know my friends well enough to know we can't have the same podcast. We have four listeners, Steve. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I might just play Joe Mixon. I know he's still on IR, but I, I've got a great <laughs> feeling. Hey, listen. I, I one. We're go, going back to the draft. <laughs> I say go high risk, high reward. See if you can put in Harrison Butker as a flex spot. Ooh, um, buddy. Throw in Joe Mixon. Because if he I'm comes dirty back, to me. Saquon Barkley. I mean, like, let's go. Let's get it, man. Like I'm going to go risk, get Dak. Reward. I'm going back to my draft. I'm going back. I'm getting Dak. I'm playing <laughs> Joe Mixon. I'm playing Saquon. DJ Moore, he's out, but it's okay. We're just playing everyone I drafted, and we're going to put up seven points. <laughs> well, that's really that's really going to impact my bets, Steve. I, I'm not <laughs> which one? Do they all win? Like, how, how does that work? <laughs> All right, let's go into the games that matter. The rematch of the clash at Kreischer. We see Tim Taft's 8-5, and five, leave it to Beasley, coming into town to take on Tony Perenni's 8-5, and five, Victoria FC. Tony currently projected to take this one 134.5 to Tim's 117. Tim expecting another big game out of Josh Allen projected 21.5. Raheem Mostert only projected 12.5. Aaron Jones 18.8. On the other side for Tony, Lamar Jackson projected 19.7 going up against the Browns. Alvin Kamara, the number one ranked 
running back in football projected only 16.8 going up against Philly. David Montgomery, 17.3. But Devontae Adams projected 24.8. So that's where the 17.6 point favorite gets Tony. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. I think uh, I think Tony gets the win here. I know that Tim has often outperformed projection, but he's relied on those Buffalo Bills, and only one Buffalo Bill remains in the lineup, and that's Josh Allen going up against Pittsburgh. So I don't feel great about that matchup. Uh, so I'm going to go Tony with this one. I think he's going to win it in a landslide. Steve, who do you got? I've got to go, Tony, with you on this one. I'm trying to – there's a couple question marks that could give Tim a chance, but I mean, he's got so many good matchups this week. Tony does. And Devontae Adams at Detroit, you know, Lockett at, against the Jets, that game could just be an absolute massacre, and Lockett could just soak up targets in that one. David Montgomery's been sneaky solid the last few weeks, and he's going against – going up against Houston that's another prime spot for him to put up a touchdown get some good yardage and I think the big question here is Aaron Jones you know the Green Bay has just been feeding Adam touchdowns this year they're making a point to try to just I think give him a record of some sort there uh so can Aaron Jones steal a touchdown or two because that's really what he has to do to have a chance Aaron Jones almost has to put up three touchdowns and steal you know two of what would be Adam's touchdowns, I think, for Tim to really have a shot here. So if he can do that, he might be able to squeak it off. But I think Adams puts up two touchdowns and Tony takes that. Yeah, I'd agree totally. And I just would echo that. I mean, what I was going to say at first glance is the only thing that could uh, keep keep it a game is if Aaron Jones had one of his, you know, three three times a year uh, vintage blow-up performances. But even with that happening, I mean, I, I feel like that projection on Kamara is really low, especially if Breeze comes back. I mean, he could if Breeze comes back, Kamara could put up three touchdowns and go 80 yards rushing, 80 yards receiving easily. We already know Devontae has a great matchup. I mean, Tyler Lockett, if Russ decides to feed him, could easily go for 30, 40 points. It's just... There's too much of a good thing going on Tony's roster right now. Um, Raheem Mostert's been getting less and less work, surprisingly, and to have Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones both in, um, I think he'll he'll probably have to make a move, um, almost like a desperation play, like a Mike Williams in that flex spot, just hoping that uh, that game blows up and Williams catches two two touchdowns at 100 yards. But going perenny here. I'll say, I don't know that Jamal Williams will stay there. Yeah, he made that move within the last probably half hour. When I looked earlier today, he Curtis Samuel was still in that spot. So there's time for him to switch that one up. But still, you know, unless he goes Mike Williams you know, against Atlanta, Mike Williams has a shot for, you know, one of his patented, you know, 100-yard, two-touchdown games, you know, catch a couple deep balls, especially after last week's debacle. They're going to be – they're going to look to come out and – try to light it up in the air. So, you know, maybe Mike Williams gets in there and has a big day for him. That could, you know, give him a little spark, but I still don't know that it'll be enough. Totally agreed. Tony, what are your thoughts going into this matchup? This is a lot of pressure, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Eat it, Tony. 
I felt better until everybody picked me. Now I'm like, uh, <laughs> not feeling great. I'm, I'm hoping Devontae Adams can just, just bring me home in this game and just single-handedly do it for me. But like, like you guys mentioned, uh, that's kind of the game within the game here. Aaron Jones against Devontae Adams. Who gets those goal line touches? Because uh, if it ends up being Aaron Jones, and this could swing a completely different direction. And that's got to be what Tim's hoping for here. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, tough to beat a team three times. So uh, I'm going to need my best effort to get uh, – but. I'm, I'm overall hopeful. I like a lot of my matchups, so we'll see what happens. All right, moving in. It's a, it's a short week. We we have two teams on by. Moving into our last matchup, the B-team division matchup in our Sacred Heart game of the week. Vince Gorgonzola's Mahomes improvement, the defending champions, go in to take on rookie Mike Engine Thrones, Bonnie McMurray. Vince is seven and six, Mike nine and four, and the projection is not very close. Mike projected to take this one one forty one to Vince's one twenty six. Looking at the past matchups, this is the third matchup between these two teams. They first faced each other in week ten, where Mike Engine Throne won that one one twenty seven. To 81, and then they faced off again two weeks ago in week 12, where Mike again won big with 194 points to Vince's 160. So this one looks like it may be going the same way for Vince. Patrick Mahomes projected 22.5 going up against Miami. Austin Eckler projected 19.2. Adam Thielen projected 18.3. That total projection, 126.4. On the other side, Deshaun Watson projected 20.8. Dalvin Cook projected 21. Christian McCaffrey back in the lineup projected with 22.5. And Tyreek the Cheetah Hill projected at 20.3. That total projection, 140.9. I, I don't know how I pick against the Mike in this one. He's he's projected to get 14 and a half over Vince. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is kind of the question mark there for me. If it is any resemblance of Christian McCaffrey from the past, he's going to that 22 and a half feels lofty, but I think he can get it. If he starts battling, you know, the injury partway through the game, that's going to be a big question mark. But Tyree kill has looked unstoppable. Uh, Deshaun Watson going up against Chicago will be will be I think a fun one to watch. So I, I'm going Mike on this one. I don't think he's going to get 194. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as low as 127. 140 seems about right. He's going to be in the middle of those two numbers somewhere. Uh, Steve, who do you got? This is a tough one for me. One thing I'm really looking at is Christian McCaffrey. You know, there's just a decent bit of unknowns with him still. You know, if he's fully healthy and out there and playing a full allotment of snaps, it's tough to go against the Bonnie McMurray's here. But you know, there was news today that he's you know Christian McCaffrey's dealing with a thigh injury on top of his shoulder injury that he's already been out for. You know, it kind of begs the question of if they really run him out there this week. Uh, and if they do, if he's going to get that full allotment of snaps, um, that could really hamper his total output you know, on this score here. 
But even with that, I mean, Dalvin Cook's been a monster. Tyreek has been great. And honestly, Tyreek didn't get a touchdown last week, which makes me lean on him this week. I think the only thing there is, you know, that Patrick Mahomes-Tyreek split, you know, that's an interesting dynamic. They're going to kind of cancel each other out one way or the other. Um, overall, I'm leaning Bonnie McMurray here. It's it's going to be a closer game. I think it's one of our closer matchups of the week. I think this could be a really exciting one, but I'm going to lean on Bonnie McMurray. I would Charlie. agree. This this game is, is when you first look at it, it's like, oh, no brainer. All the big names you see, Dalvin, McCaffrey, Hill. I mean, Allen Robinson is going to literally eat Vernon Hargraves alive this week. I think 16 points is low for him. Um, but... ESPN's pretty low on Melvin Gordon and just come, came off a pretty good uh, game against Kansas City. I don't see why he couldn't have another good game against Carolina's uh, pretty young and not the best rushing D. Um, Austin Eckler, um, I mean, this is going to be a really hot, fast-paced game. I think I think it might have the highest uh, highest number um, on the spread. So for points scored, I, I could see him in a PPR league just – just going off. Um, I don't know why that wouldn't be the case. Atlanta's pretty pretty tough actually against the actual run. So a little dump offs to Eckler could could be tough. The fact that Groover touched on um, Mahomes and Hill cancel each other out, and Tyreek really has the best matchup on on Mike's team. Um, the questions with McCaffrey are real, and then Tampa Bay's been pretty damn good against the run, and we've seen Dalvin. Um, show some up and down um, games here in the last few weeks. Uh, his cast been bothering him. He's um, there's a potential, a real potential for, for Eckler to outscore Dalvin. Um, if, if McCaffrey were to get hurt um, and Melvin Gordon can, can have a vintage Melvin Gordon game, there's a real chance here for Vince. And it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, the, the matchups really aren't that great. Um, for Mike outside of the receivers. So uh, it's going to be closer, but I, I'm going to have to go with Mike because there's just too much has to go wrong for him to lose. Um, and I even think Terry McLaurin has a sneaky good game. He's a, he's a bad matchup as as small speed demon. He is um, even Jason Verrett, who's had a great year. Um, and also Richard Sherman as longer um, corners who are pretty physical. They're going to have a tough time matching up with him. Yeah, getting to look at the uh, actual matchups here, um, Vince definitely has a lot of favorable ones. So I'm not sure this is going to be the wash we thought it was going to be. Also, uh, Delilah and Harper would like to weigh in. They're, they're picking Mahomes' improvement because Vince was over here and uh, and pet them this weekend. So they're 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 big Vince fans this week. Uh, you can hear them uh, wrestling in the background. Uh, but looking at these matchups, yeah, I, I agree with what everybody said and i think mahomes matchup with miami is, is a, a positive one this week i, I think it, it kind of hurts vince a little bit that he has tyree kill he's throwing to on the other side um i think i saw a note today tyree kill sat out of practice today with an illness it was non-covid related so that'd be something to watch throughout the week i, I think that could possibly be the kryptonite here for for mike this week is like looking at his lineup he's got four guys with questionable tags that uh if, if any of those flare up really this week, uh, that could be enough to swing this in Vince's direction because uh, almost every matchup he has is a favorable one. So 
I, I just I can't stand for this entire segment to just go chalk the way it kind of has so far. So I'm going to go on the underdog and maybe I'm being somewhat hopeful. So I don't have to face Mike down the line if I can somehow <laughs> get a victory this week. But I'm going to go Mahomes improvement. Uh, prove, prove me right, Vince. Well, Tony, you're just completely overlooking me, man. <laughs> just not even considering the option of me making it to you. <laughs> that, that's been your whole season though right that's, you're flying <laughs> under the radar <laughs> it really has it really has <laughs> i don't blame you you can keep doing it <laughs> that's true you you'd have to face mike first not me so <laughs> yep All i'm right. looking my wounds over here trying to get ready for that next week <laughs> <laughs> With with bourbon in hand as you put your feet up all week with your bye, that's a, exactly that's the exactly. other piece of the conference call. What's the, what's the, what are the bye guys going to be drinking this week? Uh, Kalen and, and Charlie. What's the what's the drink of choice? Can we call them something you know other than the bye guys, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Bye guys. A nice thing to it. I like <laughs> you can refer to us as the top seeds. <laughs> nope, bye guys. It is you're right. <laughs> the uh conference champions no nope. doesn't have the same ring to it no nope. bye guys it really doesn't paint the same picture yeah yeah it rhymes it's over it's it's the bye guys yeah. bye guys b-y-e guys b-y-e bye you don't have to bye. spell it let people think what they want yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for the conference call presented by McLaren's Pub. Steve, Charlie, thank you guys both for joining. It's been a pleasure uh, learning all about sports betting. Uh, Charlie, enjoy your your week off here as one of the bye guys. And uh, Steve, listen, it's uh, it's I'm all swimming. on the line here. I'm swimming. I'm I'm getting ready. <laughs> Hey, I'm uh, going to have another week of swimming after this, so it's all good. <laughs> thanks for thanks for having us, guys. Always always great to be on and chat. And uh, just let me know if you need my shipping address. I'm, I'm ready to hang my conference title banner um, at the house. So uh, you can ship that whenever. <laughs> Absolutely. Do we get pendants yeah. for this thing? Why, have a, why did I never get a pendant? Oh, you're you didn't? It got it must have got lost in the mail. I think we need to start making those. Man, yeah, yeah. No, we sent we sent them. We know. just started oh, really counting this year, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just wait. Derek's pennant phase hasn't started yet, but when it does, everybody's getting them. <laughs> <laughs> you get a fifth place pennant. In the fourth place pennant. Everybody gets pennants. Yeah. Brown colored toilet bowl one for, for, for that guy. Just a poop emoji on it. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Frosty and Perenni podcast. We are brought to you by Steel Valley Media. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. 
Special thank you to Steve Groover and Charlie Thurber, as well as our interns Dave Peschin and Vince Gorgonzola, and our sometimes co-host Tony Perenni. That'll do it for us. Vince, take it away. <laughs>